thought I was just going to talk to you anyway. I just thought you know, what would be really interesting to me is you know how for me look, when I studied cryptozoology, there was a starting point of mm-hmm. interest. Something happened, or some point of interest just grew and grew and grew. And before I knew it, you know, I was really into it, doing it all the time. And I know it's similar with other people who are into to paranormal and ghosts and other things that either there's an experience that you had or um, there's some point of interest that just, you know, something that took you and said, yeah, I've got to find out more about this. So, so what was that for you? Yeah. So I think like most paranormal investigators I speak to usually have a story which starts out in childhood, like they lived in a haunted house mm-hmm. or they had an experience when they were very young. Um, I kind of started getting into the paranormal more in my adult life. Although as a child, my dad, you know, would let me watch horror films. So I I know. Um, so I remember watching, you know, It, Child's oh, Play, Halloween. Um, I think it's Bad Taste. Oh, um, gosh. Bad yes. Taste. Yes. A very I, early Peter Jackson movie. Yes. But yes. Yeah. Yes. I, I was probably seven eight nine watching that okay and yeah there was there was no control there so i kind of i guess my threshold for things that would shock me was heightened you know so i um or lowered i can't think but yeah so i just kind of started to i guess search for things that would terrify me you know so as I got older and I started, you know, watching television programs of investigators going out into haunted buildings and stuff, I was like, oh, wow, that's like, that's awesome. I want to do that. So it was probably nine years ago. I um, went on a paranormal investigation with like a local team. They put on an event. And then a few months later, they put out an advert on Facebook saying, we're looking for people to join our team. So I joined this paranormal team. We were putting on events for members of the public. We got to go to some places all around the UK. It was fantastic. And then, you know, I ended up having my daughter. Things kind of got in the way, so I took a bit of a break. But um, the paranormal was, I think it's just always been something that interested me. You know, it's that one constant in my life. I I seem to be someone who picks up a hobby, you know, does it for six months and then I get bored and I move on to something else. But the paranormal has has always been consistent. So it's just basically it's something that just keeps keeps you coming. Yeah. More. Yeah. Yeah. That's an interesting thing. And it's something I found with other um let's say uh mysterious or fringe pursuits as well. There's mm-hmm. always something extra or something intangible or unattainable about it it's that next level in those early platform games you never can quite get to the you know the, there's always a next bit you've got to get to um to find out really what the truth behind something is yeah. uh, I, I was when it comes to paranormal that then especially things like ghost hunting you know you go into haunted houses you're taking equipment like uh emf meters is that right and um yeah. i got shown by the the gloucester uh paranormal uh boys really really nice bunch of guys lovely guys yeah, yeah. so good I, I just really like those guys a lot they show me an alice box and i was really yeah. confused as to how it worked because we were inside i think it was little dean jail 
in the forest of doom yeah mm, so that was you know and it was the, the exhibits are spooky enough so if you don't feel anything <laughs> yeah. you know with the lights on them that you definitely feel it when they're out yeah and um they had this emf meter going off constantly but when i mm. held it nothing happened and then they had this alice box that was really for all intents and purposes corresponding in many respects to the some of the rooms and the stories mm. in the rooms that we're investigating i found that kind of odd but i don't understand how it works because to me it just looked like a tablet right this is yeah. like a tablet i'm assuming it's hooked up to the internet somehow or has a mic on it or something do, do you know much it's about an, that how yeah. does it work so, so the alice box is an app so you can download it to your phone. I've got it on my phone because it is fun on investigations. Mm. You know, if, if you start to get words which correspond with what you're asking and, you know, you know a bit maybe about the history of the building and a word pops up, pops up, which, you know, collaborate, like, um, you know, what's the word? But yeah, it just corroborates. Yeah. That's the word. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's um, it does get exciting. But there's been times where I've had it on and the words are so random, mm. you know, it doesn't make any sense. And I'm just a bit like, Oh, okay. You know, and I, and I've been on um, investigation. It's, it's amazing how your brain can sometimes interpret things, mm. you know, and, you know, sometimes a word like fire will pop up and someone will go, Oh, did you die in a fire? And then it's like, you know, two pints of milk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And it's 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 amazing yeah. how you can get words and you can try to, to yeah. fit them together to fit a narrative. So, um, I I do take those apps with a pinch of salt, yeah. but not to say that you know there are there've been times when you know the words have popped up, which you know sometimes I've been there where I've had sentences and the people that i've been with have, have said like it shouldn't say sentences it should say single words yeah. and i've got i was killed oh wow you know so that was like oh well, you know quite exciting wow. but um yeah um do you know all the all the gadgets and apps they're fun they really are you know because they're you know they've got the the flashing lights the loud noises they make what could potentially be quite a quiet dull investigation quite exciting you know but there's i guess there's lots of rational explanations for why the lights would go off or why the emf meter would be going off because i guess the emf meter which is the electromagnetic field detector um things such as a mobile phone or a video camera or anything that emits any sort of electricity could make the device go off mm. so suppose where we were in little dean jail you know if you're in a building that's essentially a tourist attraction there's going to be lots of hidden electrical sources everywhere lights yeah everything mm. well originally these devices the little kind of emf meters mm. with the lights on um electricians would use them because it would be great to hold up to a wall and you'd be like, okay, well, it's flashing here. This is where the wiring is. So a lot of the equipment actually yeah. came from very mundane purposes. But as investigators, we've kind of got quite creative with how we can use them within our investigations. I think it's I think it's fantastic, actually, that there there is essentially a, a toolkit 
you know, that people are, are developing or have developed that supposed to locate otherworldly presences you know i was curious about the the, the practice of ghost hunting that we're currently in though because it's i suppose the same way as bigfoot has become a big thing again let's say mm. since 2011 when the finding bigfoot show came out mm. since then it's, it's really snowballed into this big thing and you know people are having sightings and footprints and castle all over the place all yeah. the time Ghost Hunter 2 is, you could say, like a thousand times bigger, you know, especially from a media perspective. Yeah. And there, there's a whole industry around it. But I remember this, you remember the 19th century Victorian uh, craze for paranormal yeah. uh, pursuits of spiritualist uh, sort yeah. of seances and ghost hunting and all of this kind of stuff. And I wonder, are we living through, even if it's completely genuine, by the way, mm. are we living through a sort of a retroactive resurgence of ghost hunters, ghost hunters similar to what we witnessed there during the 19th century or is is this modern sensation of ghosts is it more of a continuation of what's just been recorded you know by many many witnesses throughout the history of the world yeah i don't i don't even think our style of investigating has actually changed that much since the victorian era because you know what they know as séances was sitting around calling out asking for they started off asking for taps mm -hmm. on the wall spiritualist movement in the victorian era and they started off you know asking for taps and they would hear taps and cracks and all those types of noise and they would they would spell out the alphabet and you know the spirit would knock or tap when it wanted to stop at a letter and stuff mm -hmm. and you know that style of investigating got quite time consuming, which is when we moved over to the Ouija board. Ah. And, you know, they started using that to spell out messages. But um yeah, I'm I'm not sure really whether, you know, yeah, I don't think like on, on all the investigations I've been on most recently, um, it does tend to start with the whole, okay, they're gonna sit down and we're gonna call out. And we're going to ask for a noise, ask for a tap or something, you know. So the style hasn't really changed that much, but we've just got creative with the uh, the gadgets. Like people now are very, um, it's very divisive on what people think of them, but the cat balls. I don't know what they so are. They are little balls of plastic that, you know, people buy for their cats. And they're when they get pushed, the lights flash. And then when they're still, the lights go off. So again, it's a cheap piece of equipment because you can get a pack of four for a fiver online or something, you know? And so people would take them on investigations, put these tiny little balls at the top of the stairs and they're like encouraging the spirit or ghost to push this ball because it's very minute. It's small. It's not too heavy. It shouldn't be too difficult. So, um, you know, yeah, pe people are getting creative now. Wow. Could it, could it, I mean, the obvious question, I guess, would be could a draft blow the ball or no? Possibly, possibly. Okay. Or, you know, it's it's got a tiny battery in it. The battery could be dying, you know, and it could flash, you know, there's, there's okay. you know, a multitude of reasons what could set this ball off, okay. but um, movement, anything. So this is, this is one of the things we have, so things that cause arguments more arguments and yeah. they do solve dilemmas within the community of people yeah. you know, searching for these things what about the, the different types of um let's say for, for ghosts for example not just paranormal uh 
entities. Like uh, somebody was talking to me about residuals. Mm-hmm. Um, no, residuals, as I understand it, are ghosts that walk a certain path um, yeah. constantly again and again. You know, the grey lady of the castle, like that kind of yeah. ghost. Um, and some people mentioned something to do with stone tape theory. Too. So they say, oh, that, that's because of the stone tape theory. Do, do you know much about that? I, 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 I've heard of the stone tape theory. Yeah. Um, I think it is quite similar to the idea of residual hauntings, where yes. resi- the residual haunting is just a replaying of a certain event. So that's the, the, the spirits that you'll see kind of only from the waist up because they were from... 200 years ago when the floor level was either lower or higher so they are still walking the path that they used to walk apart from our world now and our time now the floors changed but theirs hasn't they don't interact with us we don't interact with them um and i'm pretty sure that the stone tape theory is something similar it's like Mm. that imprinting of a traumatic event or a, a very high intensity event that just gets imprinted in a building that just replays over and over. So essentially we're looking at, you know, we're looking at a movie that's been replayed only, as you say, sometimes when the, the image is disrupted by something in the way of the projector, this be the yeah. old style projector. That's, yeah. that's what we're looking at. And that's why it's always the same and walks the same route. Um, yeah. Could that be something to do in your opinion? I know you don't know a lot about it, but <laughs> uh, something to do with, you know, conditions being, um, recreated so when we were in university we did the um pinhole camera experiment yeah you get a magnetic paper and you you stick it inside this box with a little hole in it you take it out into the sun whatever's in front of it gets recorded onto the paper with oh, the wow. you know with the uh ultraviolet rays the uv rays mm-hmm. can actually make and you can go in and you can develop it and you've captured an image i suppose in the most basic way that camera works yeah but naturally that's cool. And something, the person that told me about this theory said, uh, well, that's what's happening. Somehow that building has created uh, an environment in which the image or the event can be captured yeah. and replayed holographically almost, like a like a film happening yeah. over and over again when the conditions are right. Yeah. Well, you do hear about um, kind of hauntings happening um, on a specific date yeah. or when, uh, you know, the weather conditions are right. Like a lot of investigators seem to have this idea that, you know, activity is stirred up when there's a storm, where there's electricity in the air mm-hmm. or, you know, water as well seems to be uh, present in a lot of uh, ghost stories, you know, as they say that water is a, a kind of can, I don't know, just, just increase paranormal activity. But um yeah, no, I think definitely. I don't see why not. That could definitely be a, a plausible explanation. Like the, the environment has to be right, the settings have to be right. Maybe even the time and the date, even the people involved. You know, there's some you hear stories of people say, "Oh, you know, the ghosts will only interact with males, or this spirit will only interact with females." So, yeah, anything is possible. <laughs> So, I mean, and that's something separate then, isn't it? When it's, um, you know, when it's interacting with people. Yeah. So, uh, when when the stone tape theory was described to me, I thought, okay, well, so that's the answer to all the stuff. But, but then someone said, well, hang on, what about mm. poltergeists? You know, where something yeah. is some kind of 
physical disturbances are happening. Some mm -hmm. it can be noises, can be objects, can be even physical attacks of some kind mm -hmm. um, happening in a location. Now, if the stone tip theory is, let's say, for sake of argument, a, a, a recording playing again, you know, when the conditions are right, what, what is a poltergeist? So, so yeah, so people going on investigations, they will never have any sort of interaction with residual spirits or ghosts mm. because they aren't aware of us. So they would not interact with us. You do have then um, intelligent spirits and they could be spirits that I guess some people believe are stuck. So people that have, you know, unfinished business, as they say, you know, there's the spirits that died in a negative way. They want to put their story straight. So you do have those types of spirits. So what poltergeists are or what people tend to believe poltergeists are is they're not an external intelligent spirit it's actually the manifestation of an individual's energy so i'm currently reading um which is fantastic um deliverance by reverend jason bray so he's a deliverance minister gets called out to come to people's houses who believe that they are having um, a spiritual attack or paranormal phenomena. And he, you know, he's fantastic. He has gone through, um, you know, training. He has, he says that, you know, to be um, in the role that he is in, he had to go and study psychology because a lot of the time the individuals mm. that he interacts with is more of a psychological case more than it is paranormal. But he describes uh, poltergeist activity. So, so he had, um, you know, a woman that was living with her son um, who was a teenager. They had a bit of a tense relationship. They weren't communicating well with each other. You know, they were quite angry with each other. And she started noticing things would go moving. Um, things would be um, thrown across the room when her and her son were in the same room. And she was convinced that there was going to be, you know, a very angry spirit. So uh, Reverend Bray goes to her house. He analyzes the whole situation. And he said, from my personal experience, I believe that this is um, poltergeist. And obviously people hear the word poltergeist and they think of the film and they think, mm. oh my God, this is the most terrifying thing in the world. And he says, explain to her that actually poltergeist energy comes from someone so somebody within that mm. household is the conduit for that poltergeist activity so this woman was like oh so i'm causing this and he was like yes but don't worry don't worry he goes you just need to focus on the relationship with your son you know talk more because you know there are things that neither of you are saying you know you're angry with each other there's things that you're not saying and it's the energy has to come out in some way. So he mm. was describing um, lightning strikes. It's that, you know, intense burst of energy and it's got to come out some way. Oh, so when you can feel the static afterwards or yes. before even, it's yeah. building up, there's mm. friction. That's yeah. sort of emotional energy essentially occupying a space. That's very interesting. It's, Are yeah. you saying that she is a conduit for the poltergeist to come through or that she is creating... Her energy is creating the event itself. Yeah. 
her so energy is creating the event. Okay. Yeah, there's so the poltergeist isn't a, a, a you, you know its own individual no. entity. You know, someone within the household is causing that activity, which is why mm. lots of cases um, of lots of poltergeist cases there are usually teenagers involved. You know, uh, it's that that tough age where they're going mm. from child to a, an, an adult. Usually, usually relationships get a bit tense with, mm. within the family. And, you know, when you do start to research poltergeist cases, there are usually teenagers involved. Nearly always teenagers yeah. involved. That is very, very interesting. Mm. My goodness. That's almost like a revelation to me, actually. And <laughs> yeah. uh, but I'm, I'm wondering now, thinking back to my teenage years, which sadly were like really, 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 really long ago. Um, yeah, <laughs> I'm thinking that it's surprising that nobody got hit with a cup. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, stuff flying off the shelves during that time, because of course we all have those very, very tense emotions, mm -hmm. don't we? And um, I guess some people in my house lucked out. Um, now, moving on to um, moving on to things like uh, haunted houses. So, you, obviously, it was one of the first things you did. You went to a haunted location right, yeah. to, to check this out, and this can be anywhere, right? So, it can be you know battlefields, forts, cemeteries, schools, houses, castles, any location at all. It doesn't have to be really, really old. I mean, I, I would assume no. that most of the hauntings that you investigate our locations that have a certain age to them and history so it's old enough for people to have died there but yeah. does this also affect very new places and properties where for some reason somebody has died and you know they're making their presence known yeah so i think people do tend to see um you know old buildings and go oh it's definitely haunted and and kind of forget about the new builds, you know, the homes that have only been built five, 10 years ago. But what a lot of people believe as well is that the, the land that the property is on could have some effect on potential hauntings. So is the property built on top of, you know, uh, a burial site? Was Is the property built on top of uh, oh, it's going to go on to like, ley lines. This is a whole different topic. But, um, you know, so there, there could be a number of reasons why a newer property could be, you know, haunted. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, it, I guess it looks better, doesn't it, when it's a creepy old gothic mansion yeah. <laughs> rather than a Bloor Homes. <laughs> yeah, well, apart from like like a new build on a, like, on a previous, yeah, um, you know, um, Greenbelt site. Uh, I suppose essentially, you know, when we're looking for things, we, we want them to be in the right packaging, don't we? We want the right yeah. uniform, you know, um, and perhaps that's got a lot to do with it. But I always wonder, are there new ghosts in the sense if, if the if the ghost thing is real, are there new ghosts? People have just you know died last week. Um and you know, mm. Patrick Swayze like trying to push that penny across the desk to tell you where the, the hidden gold is or whatever the thing is that's going on. And not, not, not a joke, I guess, but not in the sense of mockery, but there must be. If they're all ghosts, there must be new ones. And is that something you've encountered yeah. along your, your travels? So I haven't personally encountered any new
tell their experiences of encountering a ghost. It's the Victorian lady mm. and the man with a top hat and, you know, black, you know, suit and everything. And you don't get the... But people, I think, I have heard of individuals having personal encounters with loved ones who have, you know, recently passed a week mm. or a month ago and they will walk into the bedroom and see their loved one stood there and their loved one will almost like, you know, give them a smile or acknowledge them and then they'll just vanish. So, you know, I think, yeah, I don't think it's as as documented because it tends to be more of a personal one-on-one experience with a, the person and their loved one that's passed rather than a, you know, a new ghost sticking around in a, you know, a house. So this or is a, almost like the last goodbye. Yeah. Passed I, on. I've come back to say all will be well and, <clears throat> excuse me, and yeah, you know, I'll be watching over you, that kind of thing, yeah. and, and, and off they go. Yeah, and some some could argue that that's the, the, the living individual's way of getting closure. You know, it, they could say, oh, they're, you know, they're in a state mm-hmm. of grief. That was their way of uh, dealing with their grief. But, um, you know, I'm sure there are cases where if the deceased loved one was capable, they would want to come back and let them know that they're I okay. Would, I think. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. You know, um, or at least just visit a few people that mess with me and just you know, <laughs> yeah, find the life out of them <laughs> for a couple of minutes before I head <laughs> off into yeah, the right. big <laughs> void in the sky. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, but it, no. I'm, I just I'm 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 a practical person, yeah. And I think if you're going to be able to do it, then you've got to put it to good use. I would visit loved ones as well, of course. I would. Yeah, yeah, of course. I'd sell a We'd few fun before I head off <laughs> into a into the wonder. What about animus objects? Yeah, you know, when we were visiting this little danger, there were a few haunted dolls there, and we were with, with Jane Harrison from Help My House Haunted. Yes. Who also had never was super lovely person, and I have yeah. since watched a few episodes. And it's a great show, it's so so much fun, and um and yeah, you know, she was talking about a haunted doll that she had that she sold to Zach, gave to Zach Baggins, <laughs> yeah, and um you know some of these 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 uh, dolls there were also purported to be haunted, and they did look terrifying to be honest with you, not like your your normal sort of like innocent child's doll. Have you had um, any experiences with these particular phenomena? And um, if so, what do you think they are? What is haunting them? Clearly, it's not the residual. It's not a poltergeist. It's not the spirit, I'm guessing, of a dearly departed. What What is it? Yeah, see, it's, it's really hard because obviously, like, everyone has different opinions on haunted objects. Um, yeah, Jane, I've I've... I don't know Jane personally, but I I have known of Jane for for many years now. I think 10 years ago, uh, she was very big on the haunted doll scene. And I ended up actually, uh, I think I did a raffle that she was doing and I ended up winning um, one of her haunted dolls. And, you know, and my, uh, my husband at the time you know when we were living together many many years ago was like oh why why are you doing this why are you bringing these objects into the house and I was like oh it's fine you know and you know and the, the doll turned up and it looked very unassuming it was you know a ballerina called Bobby and I 
did everything that Jane suggested. You know, she was like, oh, you know, the spirit in the in the vessel mm. um, is the name is Bobby. Um, she likes this, this and this. So I tried to welcome this doll. I didn't want to um, offend, you know, this this potential spirit in any way. So I did everything that I was told. Um, and I, I had the doll in my house, but I, I didn't notice anything. No paranormal activity that I could sense. She snubbed you. Um, I know. The, I think. Oh, I think. Yeah. The, the doll. The doll just was like, "Nope, I'm out." That's what would happen to me. Like, I'm sure, I, this. I think everybody's had experiences with this doll. Yeah. I'm getting nothing. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I, I think, you know, I think. I think when people think of haunted dolls, especially when they think of like the Annabelle films mm. and stuff, I. Th- I think there's this misconception that there is a spirit actually inside uh-huh. the doll. Okay. You know, and because I'm sorry, but if I passed and was given the opportunity to come back, I wouldn't go to some tiny little 10 inch doll and be like, yeah, this is home exactly. now. Like, no. But what I think my kind of own explanation of it how i rationalize it would be that you know the doll in question kind of i kind of guess i guess like the stone tape theory the doll in question was say with a child and that child was in a situation that you know was quite traumatic you know the the, there was something going on with the parents or the you know Unfortunately, maybe a child passed and then the mother kept the child's doll and then all that grief Hmm. was absorbed into the doll. You just think all of that energy in the universe, just say like dolls are one object which is very in close contact with individuals like children, people, they, you know, they carry those dolls around close to them. A lot of emotions is sort of put into it almost. Yeah. So that's how I'm kind of... Kind of trying to get my head around it that, you know, if energy is to go somewhere and a child has passed or a mother has lost a child and that doll is that, you know, that one thing that reminds, you know, there's going to be that transference of energy rather than a ghost is sat inside a doll. So I'm guessing with Little Dean Jail, you've got all those objects there that have been, you know, around death, serial mm, killers, yeah. very, you know, bad individuals. So, you know, think of all of those bi- items in that one jail. Yeah. No wonder. Together it, as well. Yeah. I mean, it's an intensely unpleasant place run by a very nice chap. Um, yeah. I've been up into his house before, up into the you? flat above. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His like, name is Andy. Ago. Was it? Uh, yeah, I can't remember. It was many yeah. years ago. He's a stonemason, he told me. And I, I mean, at the time I was talking to him, and uh, after the shoot or before we went and did the, you know, the lights out, but, and, uh, you know, there are pictures of him all over the place and satanic gowns, but looks of it. There's Baphomet stuff all over the place. Yeah. That to me is more or less sort of like an out Satanist, in my view. <laughs> you know, I wasn't really hiding anything, but, you know, I didn't make any judgments. And I had a chat to him, and he was the most normal, nice, easygoing shepherd I've ever talked to. And I thought, if I met you in a pub, I'd be like, yeah, come back for a coffee at house. <laughs> yeah. Continue the drinking and <laughs> have a chat. Walking in, like, oh, my God, I was 
I'm never getting out of your life. But of course, yeah. that's not him. He's a, just a lovely, lovely guy. But it's a, it is indeed a very strange and particular collection. Yes. Uh, not for the faint of hearted, if anybody's watching before but you, you can't go, be you can't be easily offended because it's no. um it's yeah, there's a lot lot. Oh, it's the Museum of Good and Evil. That's what it yeah. says. It does what it says on the tin, like very <laughs> very intensely. And I was happy, uh, although the building was beautiful as so well. I was just happy to get out and just say <laughs> we did it and I, I'm never going back. <laughs> Don't want yeah. to see those things again. Um but you know, I think that that's an interesting theory. That definitely makes sense mm. to me. All of the emotion has been put onto something, and then perhaps, as you say, there's grief or something involved, and this comforter takes all of it. Yeah. And like yourself, you know, I wouldn't want to be uh, after my death waking up Woody-like, hoping that Andy will go to bed soon so I can come out and play with the other <laughs> toys. You know, yeah. that's that's not that's not my bag, really. No. So I'm glad that you've cleared that up um, because yeah. That, <laughs> That is one of my fears. And um, what about the, you mentioned earlier, the exorcist types, you know, the um, priests and others who are you know, involved in this genre. So, you know, mm. you know, what do you do if your property is tenanted by an unfriendly ghost or a demon or um, or even a person or object there is, um, is, is possessed in that way and you want to get rid of it, you know? Mm. Do people still call these, uh, these exorcists or these... Um, you know, ghost whisperers even, you know, to yeah. come in and provide this, you know, this valuable social commodity of um of house clearances. Does does that still happen? It does. It does. And um this is this is one of the, the um I think the reasons why, you know, uh we decided to set up the, the UK Paranormal Society, for example, was because people do have these issues and they don't know where to go. They don't know where to go to find reliable, trustworthy individuals because unfortunately there are people out there which will take advantage of yeah, people. I'm sure there are. Yeah. And, you know, they could go around someone, could go around someone's house, um, say, yeah, yeah, I'll cleanse your house for you. That's going to be £200. And if a person is desperate enough, they will pay it. So, um, you know, we wanted to give people you know like advice and guidance and say you know do your research if and also it's all it's also dependent on a person's belief system so someone might not be religious so they might not have you know a priest or a reverend to call because Mm. they don't go to church or anything um someone could be quite spiritual so to them the the logical step would be to go to a medium mm. but it's trying to find someone who is not going to take advantage of that situation um so it's all about doing your your research to find someone credible but it, it does happen you if if say it's a uh someone haunting a home because uh they used to live there and they died in the home and then you and your family have moved in and started knocking down walls because that's um usually um home renovations actually start it's a trigger yeah so people will live in a house and there'll be no activity and someone will come around and be like you know um when the activity starts and they'll start you know questioning and saying you know how long have you lived here um when did the activity start and it usually coincides with the point that they started renovating because you're, I guess, you know, you know, you're just dishevelling everything, and the, the 
I don't know why, but the spirits that were there don't like it. And they're saying, you're changing my home, I guess. So um, if it's a spirit like that, a psychic medium could come around and send them over, cross them over to the light or, you know, cleanse the home. Um, if it's um, like, so, so uh, like I said, I'm reading Deliverance by Reverend Jason Bray at the moment. And he says that it's, a lot of the time it tends to be a, a residual haunting, just a memory. So uh, a house cleansing will work and get rid of that. If it's um, a poltergeist, which is that, you know, the um, external mm. energy manifestation, um, usually just, um, you know, kind of just trying to, you know, let go of some stress, talking, um, yeah, maybe even some family counselling, just trying to, just basically just giving that energy somewhere to go. But he does say that the scary demonic possessions are extremely, extremely rare. And he's spoken to some reverends that have been doing it many, many years and have never account encountered a genuine demonic possession. Mm. It's, a, it's a lot more prevalent in, you know, the paranormal TV shows and films than it is in real life. I, I've also spoken to two priests that have said something very different. Uh, sorry, very similar. Mm. Or uh, who have at least said that you know, these possessions, you might call them, are often just areas of domination. That is, areas of life that are dominated by a force of some kind, mm -hmm. but not an individual being sort of controlled, their very actions and, and words and speech being controlled. But there is yeah. that force which has has a place somewhere in their life i suppose mm -hmm. that's dominating and that can affect everything around them which you know would make sense to me as well you know talking about that stuff um the exorcisms it's it's strange i suppose the bible is one big big reference for that because of course mm -hmm. we do hear about in the new testament some very very blatant exorcisms don't we mm -hmm. where spirits are driven out of people and for anybody familiar with that, especially if you have a religious background, Catholic, yeah. or even if you're Muslim or, or Jewish or Hindu, that there is a lot of demonology involved in those religions. And for the, the the cultures such as our own that were essentially mostly corporately Christian in, in nature, you know, mm -hmm. until recent times, those things yeah. are still there, aren't they? Those mm -hmm. are the first ideas we're going to flick to when something goes wrong, right? Yeah. We said, well, of course, it must be X, Y, and Z. We must have spiritual, or, you know, perhaps there's a demon in the house. Well, let's go back to the equipment because that, you know, that really interested me. You know, I, I saw yeah. the EVP equipment. That was, you know, that was very interesting. Of course, there are things that could set it off. We actually had when we checked out a UFO location in in Suffolk. Actually, we actually had an EVP reading in the middle of a forest, but there was nothing around. It wasn't near any of the cameras, just into one spot, and it disappeared every time we, we moved it from the spot. It was very interesting. Mm -hmm. So I've seen it work where there's no, there's no, I suppose, electrical sources um, yeah. close by. And the Alice box is another one as well. But the other things as well, they can actually um, see, you know, give you a picture of the spirit standing in front of you. Oh, well. the SLS. Now, okay, what, tell me about that. So that is the structured light sensor, hmm. I think. I might have got that wrong. And so that is um, originally from 
from the Kinect, so the um, Xbox, I believe. Mm. Um, so someone, I don't know who, I can't, don't know who to give credit to. Someone discovered that if you take that camera out and fiddle around with it, you can make this device, which will try to map figures. Um, so skeptical people will say that this uh, device is constantly trying to make sense of the environment so that if something could be, you know, distinguished as a human, it will be like, it will suddenly, you know, appear head, arms, legs, like whether it's like a coat stand next to a table, you know, and stuff like that. So, um, you know, that's what the skeptics would say. Um, some people have had fantastic results with the SLS camera because they will be stood there and they will be like, I just felt something to the right of me. And then on the screen, the stick figure would, would pop up, you know. So again, like with all of the the gadgets, when somebody is having a, a personal experience and a, and a device can corroborate it, it, it gives it some sort of, you know, credence. Like I think it's... Um, yeah, I think I think all gadgets can be, you know, have some value to investigating, definitely. And well, I I think I did see it with the Gloucester boys actually, and to me, it was very interesting. Some footage they had; it almost looked uh, like the way we draw star constellations, right? You can know, yes. Perseus and the Pegasus and um, uh, 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 I mean, and everybody else up there. But you know, you are essentially dot to dot. You're drawing. But the dot lines and there's a whole bunch of other stars around that you could choose from. And sometimes, you know, the shape you want to see, I guess, is the one that you do see. It's still there, it still exists. Mm. And yet you know, it has to be picked out. So yeah, I was curious about that. The footage I saw was in conjunction with a, a, an EVP and an Alice box and some yeah. voice, uh, electro voice phenomenon is that what it's called yeah so evp and then you so do you mean the emf the sorry yeah, yeah, yeah. Say. emf sorry <laughs> yeah. everybody listening I'm, i am completely green about this i, I apologize <laughs> and uh, yeah the emf and the evp the electro voice yeah. phenomenon that's why i said evp i was thinking about the, the next bit <laughs> really um so yeah so you know they had this whole conjunction of like three or four things together yeah and the sls sort of shape humanoid shape mm on the screen too. So I thought, well, you know, that's, if I was at um, hunting cryptids, that, that would be a strike for me. I'd say, yeah, yeah, you know, I've got four points of contact. Yeah. And um, that's, that's good enough for me, basically. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Like, I think as an investigator, you want to kind of try and get as much proof as possible. So if you've got, you know, four things, in, like you said, in conjunction or, working together and pointing to the same thing it kind of is it's exciting and it kind of to me it's like well what more proof are we going to get you know because we are still unfortunately we are still at the place where we don't know what ghosts are mm. we we're saying oh it's energy we're saying oh it's this but we still scientifically we don't have devices to measure a ghost so we are only working with what we've got now so like you said the emf meters the the sls cameras the all the other gadgets because that's all that we have available to us at the moment you know we're not saying this is going to be proof of a ghost we're saying that 
all of these devices will be used in this investigation. And if they all start working together at the same time, then potentially we can say that we have court proof of something else. Yeah, I would agree. No, absolutely. You know, but you can't, you can't convince some people, some people who are, you know, very closed off to this will, well, they'll have an excuse for everything and that that's fine. That's their right. But, you know, I think it's good to have a balance. It's good to question things to say, oh, well, it could have been this, but also still get that excitement from having all those gadgets go off. Could it be with people's resistance to it or their, their um, discomfort? Could it be based upon um point of origin so i suppose a very religious person whatever the religion they belong to but i would imagine the three monotheistic religions would experience quite uh, more heavily than others would have a very rigid view of of life and the afterlife and what Mm. is and isn't uh permissible you know from Mm. that perspective I, i can testify to that and for other people who aren't religious at all it's um uh it's a reminder of the inevitability of death mm. right and that perhaps even after you pass on there's there could be this possibility that you gotta hang about which for a lot of people i know would be it would be a no-no they wouldn't yeah. be up for that they would be yeah. up for <laughs> staying on longer and mm. just sort of watching everybody you know wreck their house or for me if that was me like i'm in my house i spent my whole life paying for it and suddenly you've come in you've put like an embossed paisley feature wall in the center (laughs) of the room right yeah in pink and blue and a a, a hundred inch you know whatever the thing is that you don't like in your own personal space that would be a sort of if there was a hell that would be it for me i think uh you know (laughs) stopping on and watching that so you know i just wonder if there's you know, it's spiritual, it's a religious, sociological, and a cultural uh, uh, reaction to it that we all share in common. Either it reminds us that we're going to die, or or it uh, questions our own personal beliefs, or makes us think that we should maybe have some because you know we're not sticking around. Yeah, I think so. I think I think that's the interesting thing. I think everybody's experience is personal to them. You know, and that's 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 not even just about ghosts and the paranormal that is in mm. everyday life mm. everybody is living their experience their beliefs and you know everything they've experienced in the past affects how they are in today so when it comes to the paranormal if people you know i guess you you there's like there's the saying that people can be blockers where we would you know we'd have a vet when i was working for the events company and you would have a girlfriend who was really into the paranormal and she dragged along her boyfriend who was like, this is all nonsense. I'm just here because of her, you know? <laughs> and and when he, when that guy would be around, yeah. nothing would happen. Like it was flat and he, he, you know, people would, you know, give him or that type of individual the name of a blocker. Because I guess when you were so, I don't want to say it because I don't believe it, They it, it stops. I guess the energy isn't right. And then when you find, when you're with a group of people who are all 
high energy like oh mm. I've, I've i you know i've been seeing you know ghosts since i was 12 and oh um whenever i go anywhere the ghosts are always attracted to me then suddenly lots is happening and you know you're hearing bangs and knocks and you know you're doing ouija boards and it's flying around and stuff and you know and then again you me as say the host is standing back saying well you know when we're talking about poltergeist activity and that energy transference it is maybe that a cause because they are so wanting to have that experience of paranormal activity that that excitement is is almost creating it subconsciously so, so they've, they've almost signed up i suppose to the experience yeah. and that you know, we had an experience like that in the show because uh when the gloucester boys were holding up the emf in one direction and asking questions it was lighting up mm. i was standing right next to them they gave it to me and i held it and nothing i was their blocker <laughs> <laughs> i was their blocker yeah. you know and it um and it happened in several places and locations and things that we did. We didn't do a lot of ghost stuff, but a little bit on the, the the series we've been messing with. And it was funny to me because every time I held it, I thought, well, that's the end of the party, basically, you know. And, and it was, it really was. So I can testify to the fact that what Leanne is telling you all about blockers is true. <laughs> we do exist. Yeah, but then I think I'm a blocker. I feel like I'm a blocker sometimes because, like, I go places now and I'm like, "Come on, I want to see something." Yeah, and then nothing will happen. The last, the last two investigations I've gone to, which was Woodchester Mansion and uh, Lantanee Secunda Manor, nothing happened. Really, it was absolutely flat. And now I'm there going like, I want something to happen, (laughs) but nothing is happening. And then I'm thinking, is my desperation? just off-putting oh we're too needy yeah i'm too needy no we're both both too needy (laughs) this is so this is the thing uh so i've realized i've been a blocker now all my life because i've been searching for cryptids all over the world Mm. loch ness a whole bunch of times days hours on end at night all different times nobody around all the different bigfoot things in the woods by myself you know prime opportunities all that stuff Never, not one thing, not mm. ever, which could mean that they just don't exist. I am perfectly um, happy to accept that. That's fine. That's what investigation's about. But now, after our conversation, Leanne, I know that I'm just a blocker. <laughs> and that's why they won't come. <laughs> I think, I think it's when you stop. I think it's the whole, like, when yeah. you just stop looking, like I don't care. suddenly it'll just be there and you'll be mm. like, oh, okay, yeah. cool. There it is then. You know, it's it's interesting talking about, you know, that kind of stuff. And I know that you like other things apart from ghosts. And I've really mm-hmm. sort of, I needed to know everything you knew in this conversation yeah. about ghosts because I am, mm-hmm. I'm green, I'm in the woods, I'm alone. I don't have a compass to get me out. Um, but can you give people like me and other people pro tips, people who want to get started looking for things, how should they do it? Who should they contact? Groups like yourselves, for example. Mm-hmm. And before they go out and spend thousands of pounds on equipment, you know, whoa there, what's the first one or two cheapy things they can get hold of that might give them some results? Yeah. So if they were looking to just start going out investigating, you know, go along to some investigations, you know, because there are so many paranormal teams out there. I think there was a study done or a survey done by a newspaper and there was like, God, I think it was something like, Oh my god, I can't remember the number. It was like 
27,000 paranormal investigators in the UK or some some crazy big number. So everyone investigates differently. So I think, you know, you've got to find your style or what, you know, kind of what way you want to go. So just go go along, tag along on some event companies or tag along with some, you know, smaller teams um, in your area, see what's going on. But um, I think the basics would just be your senses. To start off with before you're using the gadgets, it's just your senses, pen and paper, just notice things, you know, try to, uh, you know, get bearings with your surroundings. You know, if you're hearing a noise, Okay, how often is that noise? Is that every 30 seconds? Because if it is, and it's a constant, maybe it's not paranormal. Maybe it's something to do with the building. Maybe it's the heating or whatever. Um, A camera, a camera is great because um, go around, snap pictures and stuff. Because again, after the fact, if you have an experience, after the fact, you'll try and recall it and your, your memory will fail you. You'll be like, oh, it was uh there was a staircase to the the left and it was the door, you know, and, and you 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 start to try and fill in the gaps. And it's not until you look back at pictures that you go, I got that all wrong. And then you then start to question your own memory because you're thinking, if I could get that wrong, am I misinterpreting what I saw? You know, and and that's the thing, is that like, you know, you experience things and you know, you you try to retell the story and you'll be amazed at how the story changes slightly over the, the you know, the, the fifth or the tenth telling of that same story. You know, first of all, it was like, it was, I heard a little creak. And then by the tenth time you've told, told that story, it was a loud bang and the wall shook, you know. it's So it's um writing down what you experienced yeah. as well straight away. So like... Uh, pencil and a pad that's what we take out all the time pen paper yeah. camera yeah. that's the the basics you know yeah. and then once you're you know a bit more um familiar with how the gadgets use um how the gadgets are you know um activated by you know emf or um you know heat sensor mm. or all this type of stuff you know start using them if you want and you know that's fine but just be aware of uh, natural causes, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, yeah, I think if anyone wants to start going out investigating, just um, please don't trespass. Mm. That's my big bugbear. Bring a friend, I'm guessing, as well. Bring a friend. Don't, people don't, where you're going. Yeah. Um, you know, I know churches are a um, would look like an easy, easy, cheap way, but don't do it. Because I've heard of churches ending up closing and shutting their doors at night because people are going into graveyards and investigating. And then the church wardens who would normally have the church doors open all night for a safe haven for the community are saying, you know what, we're going to have to shut because we don't like the people coming in. So it's just think about the community where you're investigating, you know, I know it's not cheap, but try to go with companies or, you know, or there are locations. Like you said, there's woods. You know, I, I live in Bristol. There's stories of haunted woods in the, in the center of Bristol. You can go there. It's free. But just, yeah, just think about where you're going. I think it's great advice. And um, I definitely will be will be taking some of it on myself. 
to stop, <laughs> to stop. Yeah, maybe I can move past this, this blocking and reflective with and finally have an experience. And it's been really wonderful talking to you. I've learned a lot. I really have. And thank you for oh, answering all my questions. Thank you so much for having me. It's been really fun. Awesome. Take care. <laughs>